All right, you're now tuned in to the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, Episode 311. All Star Weekend is over, and we are over All Star Weekend. We've got some ideas to change it all up. Hopefully, Adam Silver listens to the follow through with Clips and Drew. We're also going to give you a rundown of the second half of the season, where the teams are at. You know what it is? It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode three eleven. And Drew and I were just arguing if if three eleven is a band or are we think of three doors down. Drew was thinking one twelve. I don't. I, I don't know. We can't. I can't even fact check it right now, Drew. I mean, let me pull it up. I mean, we now we have to. We have to see what's happening here. I'm pretty sure three eleven was like a a reggae or ska band. Totally not basketball related, guys. We'll get into the show in a minute, but it's bugging us. Rock band is how is they're it? described. Also a reggae band. So I was right. They're also in the, re- in okay, the reggae you're genre. Right. So, uh, yeah. I'm. Oh, Amber. Yeah. Amber is their, their big song. That makes sense. Amber uh, is the we're color not gonna... of it. Yeah, well, now we have to now we have to beep that out, Clips, because we're going to get sued again. We just, we just got on oh, the yeah, good Spotify. side of all these... We got on the good side of all these record labels, and now we're breaking breaking copyright again. Clips, unbelievable. That's how we start off My the bad. show. The bang. They don't want us to make a buck, man. All right, you guys have been waiting all week. You guys know what episode this is. This is going to be the All Star, or whatever the hell you want to call that episode. I'm actually really glad we didn't record on Monday because I was livid Monday, and I'm glad we had a, had a couple days to like yeah. sit back and chill. But just to give a little rundown. <laughs> Uh, Drew, we had the fellas over on Saturday night for the Saturday yep. night festivities of that trash. Now, look, I, w- I want to say something before we even get into all of this, because there's a lot to unravel here. I don't like bashing a product that I love so much, right? Like, I love NBA basketball. I love basketball. You know this. This is why we do what we do. And I don't like bashing it. But sometimes you have to bash it. So, uh, you know, one of our sometimes you have to. And I feel like we have to do that. Um, Drew and I both have ideas on what we think should happen. All Star Weekend now, maybe some some ways to tweak it. I actually went on a tangent last night. I was watching the final the finale of True Detective, which I was just so disappointed with. And after a couple glasses of wine, something came into my head and I ended up writing about 45 different things, right? My brain, Drew called it a brain dump, but that's exactly what it was. Some of them are horrible. Some of them are good. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, we're, 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 I'm going to, Drew hasn't heard one of them yet. So uh, I want to start off by like what, what we saw Saturday night, which, which was trash. This is my bashing part of the podcast. And what's crazy is like, even before anything started, Drew, you and I were, you know, we had our, our Budweiser's, we were ready. We had a Jeff Crompton came over with some, Pokey nachos from Sea Surf. Shout out to Sea yep. Surf. And the first thing we noticed, first thing you say, they're interviewing Anthony Edwards, and he's high, he looks high as hell. Yeah. Anthony looked <laughs> high as a kite, and I'm like, this is not going to be good. <laughs> and then, you know, lo and behold, it was a piss poor everything. Well, in that t- interview, also, he he just flat out said that he's going to be participating in the All Star Game left handed. In the interview, while he was mm-hmm. looking. 
a little bit baked, a little toasted. It, mm -hmm. With Ali LaForce, he's, he just was like, yeah, I'm going to do this left-handed. <laughs> I knew from the jump that this was just going to be a bad thing all the way around. Now, look, the, the All-Star Game and All-Star Weekend has been on life support for the past decade plus. It was nearly assassinated last year in Utah. And as of today, this shit is dead. Muerte. Freaking <laughs> over. It's a wrap. And I think everybody feels the same way. The highlight of the weekend, in my opinion, was not only the court, but Sabrina and Steph. We both we both mm -hmm. really like that. And again, I think there's going to be I'm going to I'm going to be going back and forth on a lot of different stuff. The skills challenge, which I want you to touch on right now, um, was garbage. And all thanks to Anthony Edwards, too. It was garbage from the jump. And then Anthony with his stupid left hand jumpers. This is the reason I know I brought it up on the show last week, Drew. And I told you why you were at the crib. I'm not buying Minnesota, this immaturity. The bottom line is this. The players don't care. We get it. You don't want to be there. You don't want to participate. We understand. But at least lie. At least act like you're happy to be there. They were flat out saying, yeah, nobody wants to play. Nobody. I would rather be not playing. And I'm like, okay, well, this is just going to suck, especially for right. all the people that put in the money for them to, to go and see it. So anyways, Drew, sorry. I'm, go I'm getting off topic here. Mm -hmm. Saturday night. All-star All -Star Saturday night. Tell me your thoughts. Uh, yeah, it's essentially just a waste of time now. All-Star mm -hmm. Saturday night is no longer appointment television. It's it's like barely even Instagram highlight worthy. It's how few important and fun moments took place, right? Uh, Anthony Edwards is kind of the epitome of what All-Star Saturday has turned into. Like his general attitude, I think, represents how most NBA players feel about All-Star Saturday, uh, they don't really want to be put in the skills competition. You could tell it was organized based on like kind of a demand from Adam Silver or the Players Association, right? Uh, and the nice part about at least the skills challenge and Anthony Edwards specifically was he was disqualified, right? It wasn't like something that we were held captive with. So at least he didn't. <laughs> they they immediately Thank were DQ'd uh, and it ended his very short stint in in that competition, which was nice. But Generally speaking, the, the All-Star Skills Challenge is not, as we've said in years past, not worth it. Uh, nobody wants to do it, and it's not challenging. Uh, it's not an actual skills exposition in any sense. These guys are walking around uh, cones. Uh, they're throwing passes. They that... couldn't even follow the cones, Drew. They well, couldn't follow the arrows on the light-up court. Yeah, well, that's again, that's just about a lack of concentration, lack of caring. Uh, and then they're also, you know, like the passes that they're throwing into these giant hoops that an eight-year-old could throw a, a ball through. Uh, it's not a, it's not a, a challenging competition. It's not a skills challenge. It's not even skillful. Like this is all stuff that you. This is like what a tryout looks like at a rec league for ten-year-olds. This is the setup that they do for ten-year-olds to, to before the league gets picked and you get the, you know, the coaches get to draft the players. This is what I used to go through with ten years old. Uh, this is not a skills challenge for the best players on the planet. So anyway, that one's done. Uh, Anthony Edwards, I think, may have may have actually put the last nail in the coffin for that particular competition based on what he did. <laughs> it's a real good chance that it might actually be dead now, or at least this iteration of it. Um, but, you know, the dunk contest, again, has still struggles. Even with Mac McClung, it still struggles. I'm sure we'll get into that deeper. But you're right. The, the, the winner 
of All-Star Weekend remains a three-point competition. And in particular, in this one, the Sabrina and Steph competition was the highlight. It was what that was what was worth watching. And I wish that was longer. I do. I wish there was two rounds, as people have said now in in reaction. I wish there was more of the Stephens and uh Sabrina. Yeah. And and what'd you think of the light up court? I told you when you were here, like I, I loved it. I thought it was different. It's exactly what I thought it was gonna be. Um, even better. I thought it was it was a little intimidating, like watching that three point contest and seeing like Trey Young's whole body glow up. Like that's got to be difficult to be shooting, <laughs> right? With all these lights below you. But I thought it was a, it was a nice touch. Those are the only two things that I liked about the weekend. Yeah, I think the court was fine. I mean, it works perfectly for this kind of format. But I do not love the court for anything other than like All Star Saturday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I think it's a cool thing that we have this technology. I think that's awesome. And, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Drake puts that in his house, in his own court, in his, in his home, uh, which is where that kind of should DJ Khaled, you know, he's going to have the, the led basketball court in the basement, but NBA serious basketball does not need the, the light up court thing happening. We need just a standard hardwood. Things can change and, and evolve. Uh, but uh, you, you, you saw it even for the actual game. It wasn't, it wasn't the led court. No, and you know, I think the I think the most frustrating thing with guys our age, it's like we are so nostalgic. Like we talk all the time. Well, this isn't the '90s. They don't play like they did in the '80s. Players used to, you know, the fact that Bill Russell and Elgin Baylor, like it's a different time right now. Everything is completely different, and we hold on to this thing that we we loved when we were younger because it meant something, right? We get really nostalgic, and we have to. We have to come to terms with the fact that All-Star Weekend is not 1983 Marvin Gaye singing the national anthem. It's not 1992 with Magic making his comeback after HIV and winning the MVP in Orlando. It's not 2002, Michael Jordan's final uh, All-Star game in Atlanta, right? The most watched, the last most watched All-Star game of all time, 10 million viewers or something like that. We keep and I and I'm 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 the problem of this. I keep saying every year All Star Weekend is my favorite weekend, and every year I'm disappointed. <laughs> every single year, and we've been doing this show for seven years, and we have we have laid out idea after idea after idea that that I think are good. And what's crazy now is you got Steven. We 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 could have solved the dunk contest. You you even gave me the year. It was five years ago we came up with this idea. Of sponsoring, uh, d- you know, top NBA players, all stars, sponsoring uh, some of these streetball dunkers that actually can dunk that blow your freaking mind. Uh, and now Stephen A is saying that that's his idea. But guess what? We got the timestamps to prove it. Anyways, um, we've all had really good ideas about it, but at the end of the day, this is this is the problem. Nobody wants to play in the All Star game. Nobody wants to be there. Nobody wants to be at All Star Weekend. It's 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 just. That's what it is. So the way I see it is effective immediately. Look, even take a page out of out of the NFL, right? There's no more Pro Bowl. They play flag football. You know what they do in, in, in the NHL, which I don't even watch? They take 33 players, 33 All-Stars. They make 11 teams of three, and they play threes, right? Which is cool. I think that sounds cool. But th- something needs to be done because not only are the players – don't they don't want to be there but they're not even playing in the game it's a joke to them you got you got 
you know, Joker and Luca giving wet willies on the sidelines, you know, and also the God, I swore I wasn't going to be pissed. It's a slap in the face. All these guys that scream Mamba mentality, all that shit. This isn't Mamba mentality. Kobe, the, the night of the of of the All-Star game, so many Kobe quotes came out talking about how it used to be competitive, how we took it seriously. Larry Bird says this should be the number one best pickup game in the world. And Dr. J and Larry Bird and Andre Iguodala, they go to both locker rooms before the game and they stress the fact that how important this is for you guys to compete. And what you do is you slap them in the face. You're slapping Kobe in the face. You're slapping Mike in the face. And you're slapping us fans in the face because we're dumb enough to pay the thousands of dollars to go watch this trash. If you put up all of that bread to take your kid to the All-Star game and you watch 186 three-pointers, you watch Luca, you know, blow a dunk. You're watching defense just Olay. Like, this is just stupid. And we're the idiots, man, all of us. And I'm tired of looking like an idiot. So let's come up with some ideas, Drew. So as much as we're bashing this, the only way to change it is, is to come up with ideas and come up with, with another strategy on how we're going to make this work because it is important, man. It is important. This weekend is, I guess it's more important to the brands and to, you know, TV uh, rights and all that shit, yeah. but it's not important to me. So how are we going to make it important to guys like us, Drew? And I know you, you said you, you wanted to take the first idea mm. of what you would do to change all-star weekend. So give me, give me what you got. Yeah. My, my suggestion is specific to the actual all-star game, which I, I do. I, I, I want to echo a lot of what you just said as far as the importance and impact that the All-Star game in, in the NBA should have. Uh, I always think the Saturday stuff, you know, it's gotten bigger and bigger and more and more embracing of the commercial and marketing aspects than anything else, right? It's like the Sprite this and the Starry that and everything has a, a Taco Bell. Like it's all of... So Saturday, I really have never really loved it that much other than when the actual activities were awesome. When the dunk contest held a lot of people that were super athletic, that were relatively well-known and, and solid players. So Saturday is what it is to me and it's going to always just be there. But I think it's important mostly to get the game right, the actual all-star game right. And so my idea essentially tries to address the fact that that game now provides zero value to anybody, as you've very rightly stated. But it provides zero value to the players who are just, they look like clowns. It provides zero value to the fans, especially as you just outlined as well, the people that go to that game. And you heard the boos, right? You heard the boos at the end. They were not happy yeah. with what they just paid for, a lot of them. And I'm, and I'm very happy that they actually booed out loud and they had the balls to do that because that was deserving of boos. Uh, and, you know, some of the people will say, well, they were booing because Halliburton didn't win MVP and Dame, you know, some of that for sure. But there was also just boos at the end of the game <laughs> before this, before the actual horn went off, there was boos. Um, so anyway, because I think the, the all-star game itself, the Sunday has to provide some value and has to provide some competitive edge. My fix is defensive all-stars. So how you make the game competitive is you say, cool, we got our 12 guys on either team. We're going to open it up. We're, a lot of people have asked for 15-man roster. I say fine, but all three of the additional guys on either side have to be on the defensive all-star side, right? So you would end up with somebody, you know, like a, a Draymond Green, a Derek White, you know, OG Ananobi. Pat Bev. Patrick Beverly, Alex Caruso, a Gobert, you know, like, but 
But what that would do is immediately all the guys I just mentioned won't. I mean, maybe Draymond because he's you know he's participated in these All Star games before and it hasn't been like a juggernaut of competition. But uh, maybe with if Draymond along with you know six other guys, five other guys are out there trying to actually play defense, this game will become competitive. I don't know if it'll work, but it's an idea that that doesn't have to change a lot. You don't have to do a whole lot to the game. Expand expand the rosters and have the coaches, the media, and the fans vote for their six defensive All-Stars. Because, look, what this is proving to me is uh, 200 points against 186 points. That was scored. Nobody was happy. So scoring isn't necessarily the most important or the most impactful draw to the NBA game, which I think a lot of people might assume it is. I was like, oh, people are happy because they scored 186 points. No, we would have been happy with an 86 to 87 game total score if we knew that both sides were duking it out and i think it speaks to the intelligence of nba fans we're being treated as though we're fucking idiots that just were like oh haha ball going hoop oh very exciting like that's bullshit that's not what makes the game great what makes the game great is the competitive nature and watching these incredible athletes and and the peak of their sport go head to head in, in a format which we never get to see but my fix is defensive all-stars what do you think I think it's great, and I haven't heard that before. And the the guys that make the defensive all stars will be in the game to play defense and piss somebody off. Like nobody would like Patrick Beverly, you know, guarding. He'll get getting Luca's chops and piss somebody off. I like it. I like that little grittiness, and I think it, I haven't heard that idea before. Good job, Drew. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Um, I I personally think going into to my thoughts on this is. There needs to be a subcommittee happening right now, an all-star subcommittee right now. If there's already a committee, fire all of them and hire a whole new group of people because this whole thing needs to be rebrand, a, a complete 100% rebrand, and I don't even think that we should be playing basketball on Sundays anymore. Like we had reiterated, they don't want to be there. They don't want to play. We're not going to have a game anymore. What I think we should do and I think this is something that the reason why I got so excited about this last night is because I was writing down everything that I would want to do at All-Star Weekend, things that I would want to see, right? And I say we scrap the game. We scrap the stupid celebrity game. Nobody watches that shit anyways. And we don't know anybody in this stupid celebrity game. Celebrities Seriously, don't go like, out there either they, now. <laughs> they're not going out there. I, I say we scratch the whole thing. Obviously, we keep the three-point contest. Dunk contest needs to be redone. There's no more skills challenge, and there's no more NBA basketball game. What I want to see, and hear me out on this, Drew, because I'm going to be all over the place. I want there to be an all-star weekend, okay? I believe that players should be nominated to be all-stars. Name the all-stars. What we turn all-star weekend into is all-star activation weekend. It is, it is a two- or three-day complete Woodstock of NBA basketball players or NBA basketball fans, a place where fans want to go every single year for these three days. You have your top podcasters in the world. You have your top hoopers, your influencers, your top brands, everybody. We have, And it's a convention where Clips and Drew can buy a booth for a 1000 bucks, and we're posted up for two days where we get to talk to fans and meet brands and network and see all the new products. If you have a brand new app, 
you get you get to come there. If you have a new basketball product, come there and pitch it. I went, you know, when I was a bartender, I went to the to the nightclub and bar show in Vegas to put I, me and my partner Cameron. We had a product that we were super excited about. We got to put it in front of fifty thousand people that came through there. Um, it would be an opportunity, like if you have you have these brands like like Hard to Guard and like New Jersey Sets and uh, Forest Lab and B-Ball Junkies and uh, The Hoopery, they get to put up their booth. They get put their product in front of people like you and I. And then we have all of these different kind of activate. We could be doing podcasts and, you know, NBA players have to go to it. The All-Stars have to be there for two days. But we turn this into a fan experience and it already is. It already is a place for fans to go. But activations are all over the place and i'll bring up a couple you want me to bring up a couple bro <laughs> bring up a few so let's incorporate the old school cats again let's let's they are the they are the foundation to what we have like how cool would it be to like have a rick berry free throw competition right where it's rick berry and mark price and steve nash and freaking whoever else you want to bring with this i'll bet you and have him going against today's nba players is this is this Number two, is this idea number two, or is this within the context? This of is this is happening all together. Okay. All right. All right. Th th these are different activations at different times, right? Well, let me stop. Let me pause it here because I, I love the where you're going with this as far as like the actual athlete involvement and the history of it. I also think the marketing thing, I mean, it might as well, if if we're not gonna have the game in your premise that the game is removed, you might as well lean all the way into the marketing aspect of this. And, and the commercial side of this, because like I just like we were just talking about, it's like 85, 90 percent of that already. Right. So now you remove the game, which is which is the television money that makes it possible. So you got to replace that television money with these activities, which I want to hear about. I love the old school, like Steph, Rick Barry, get all the, the best free throw shooters ever and have a free throw shooting contest. That would be a long show, though. I think clips it might be a long one because those guys don't miss. <laughs> <laughs> no, that you're that's right. That's totally right. And what you're talking about marketing that look, the 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 numbers are down, man. The numbers are way down, but you know where numbers are up on social. And if you put all these 50,000 basketball fans and people that are influential on social that either are micro influencers, mid influencers like us in our spe specific uh niche, everything is just going to be blowing up with where everybody is at. We're at the convention. This is what we're seeing right now. And I think this is if we turn it into something that the players would actually want to go to and experience, right? Like I like if if us as basketball fans are stoked to go there, it look, man, there's something about NBA Summer League, right? And this is it's not the same thing as All-Star Weekend at all, but it's a very casual but huge networking experience for guys like me and you. And you don't have to wait in a hotel lobby to meet a basketball player to try to talk to. It's it's just it's everybody that's at NBA Summer Pro League is there for the basketball. That's what we're there for. And same thing with this 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 uh, Woodstock, if you will. It's the only thing I keep keep thinking about. But this convention, right? So even with the old school cat, the Rick Barry, I bet you there's NBA players that think that they can beat Rick Barry and watch Rick Barry do granny shots and kick all of your asses. That's awesome. Also. People need to know about Rick Barry, Rick the Dick Barry, right? And Rick Barry could could trust me, he will sit and tell stories about Rick Barry all day long. So you can do something to that to that point, right? Have the coaches do the shootout. There's a lot of hoopers 
a lot of Hooper basketball coaches and have a shootout. You know that they 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 should have a you know you put Ty Lue against freaking Popovich or something like that. Maybe Pop doesn't do it. Maybe it's on the younger side. But bring Joe the coaches Mazzula. involved in this. Joe Missoula or make the coach Joe Joe yeah Joe Missoula. Make the coaches do the skill challenge. Oh, you're the greatest coach in the NBA, but you can't make a fucking chess pass through a through a. I want to see Stan. Van, I want a Van Gundy skills challenge. The Van yes. Gundy brothers. Yeah, that's what I want. Totally. There's also four coaches in the NBA that still dunk, right? Darvin Ham, Willie Green, Monty, and then Mosley. Like these guys can dunk. It'd be cool. Like take five minutes. Let's see if if these these four old old guys can dunk. I would want to see that. It'd be funny. <laughs> would be the players hilarious. would love it. Let clips go. I got more because some of these are just are just crazy. And again, it's it's all encompassing, man. It's not just about a game or a dunk contest. This thing's going on all day. Like you get to pick from a platter. Oh shit! Rick Barry's doing the free throw challenge against Steve Nash. I want to go watch that. Yeah. Right. Right. No, you're turning this into uh, like a it's like a Coachella thing where there's multiple stages, yes. multiple courts. Things are all happening everywhere for three days. For three days, and it's where it's a it's an NBA player's dream, and it's a dream for guys like us. And I keep saying us because we're podcasters. We're we are we are the we demographic are. man. We we love this game more than anything. I want to be around like minded people. It's a way for all of it's a way for smaller brands, whether it's whether it's clothing or apps or shoes or whatever it is. It's a way to get in front of the people that are going to buy your product or listen to your product. Let me keep going. It's time to bring back like the Nike three-on-three global tournament, right? We take the best three-on-three players from Asia, from South America, from freaking Europe, whatever, and we do the three-on-three tournament, whether it's a Jordan brand or a Nike brand, at uh, this convention, right? And guess where you play the semifinals, Drew? Where do you play? Where where are the semifinals played? The semifinals are played? Uh, yeah. I don't the in-season tournament. The in-season tournament, because the in-season tournament needs shit too, right? So it's just another thing that can happen there. Bring the three-on-three back. Uh, we're all into league fits, right? Everybody's into freaking fashion. Have a fucking fashion show. Have Nike, have Puma, have Kyle Kuzma, have SGA, have all these guys that love and are passionate about fashion. Put on the fucking fashion show. All these brands can debut their new shit, right? And the female brands can come in too to this fashion show. Okay. Think people would like that. Let me keep going, Drew. Uh, get this uh, some, again, some of these, I don't know how you activate or do, do anything, uh, but whatever city we're in or whatnot, these guys love golf, team up with top golf, right? We're going to have the longest ball hit by these guys who love to play golf, right? That would be fun to see. Well, so hold on. Okay. There's something there too because they have they Steph already did and Clay, Steph and Clay just did the, the match right where they played golf together on TNT in the off season. I think a golf event at all NBA All Star Weekend would get a lot of the All Stars participating. I absolutely, I absolutely believe that that would be true. Whether that's Top Shot or any mm -hmm. version of you know a par three contest or even just one hole. Uh, or even Steph playing, you know, 18 holes with somebody like that. And golf is obviously I love golf. So I'm I'm biased. I'm a golfer. But that mm -hmm. I would I would definitely tune in to watch. Uh, I would I would love to see LeBron James swing a golf club because that's the great equalizer about golf. I bet LeBron can't. I bet he can't do so good at swinging a golf club. It made me feel better about myself. But I like the golf idea.
even better, even funnier. Now, I want everybody that when we're saying these things, Kawhi is the guy I have in my brain. Like, I mean, shit, I would love to see Kawhi do this, right? Sure. Would love to see that. So even better than, than top golf or even playing 18 or whatever the hell it is, do a mini golf tournament. How freaking funny would that be to watch these guys playing mini golf? You can incorporate, hey, man, it's PG's, it's PG's family versus Steph's family. You know what I mean? Like, the kids would go Bring to that. The kids, the kids would kind of like that. Yeah. I'm trying Steph to incorporate has a, Steph, everybody. Steph has a show on ABC, which is essentially like, a, you know, extreme mini golf. Steph Curry already has that show running on ABC. It. It's the perfect parent. Like, they can already do it. They can have a version of that at All-Star Weekend. Okay. All these are good. How about this? Instead of a skills challenge, how about you have a real skills challenge? What is your skill outside of basketball? Can you play the piano? Can you sing? Can you crochet? Like, who has the best skill set, right? In oh, shit. That's like a talent show. I love that. Kind of. Kind of, when you think about it. But That's really maybe funny. There's, remember, I, I really like that. Miles what? Turner loves to build Legos. So Miles Turner could Thank build you. Lego. And Brooke, and I think the, the Lopez brothers also get into Legos. Like, there could be a Lego competition very easily. I What, what are we doing I love at this it. Point? What what actually are we doing? Keep going. I love this. This is just crazy. This is just I, Drew, we're I'm just filling, saying we're filling three days worth of events. That's what we're doing. We're just yes. Let's go. I love this brain dump. Let's keep going. Okay. I'm let me dump some more since we're talking about special skill sets. Fucking Damian Lillard can wrap his ass off. Uh uh, uh Kevin Durant just came out with a new song. Yeah. You can incorporate hip hop is a huge part of basketball and everything that we do in the culture. Have a listening party. You know, you're invited to, to Dame Lillard's listening party for his new shit or have them perform, right? You want to, I don't see, I've never seen Dame Lillard perform or KD. I haven't seen that happen. But if you, if you got new music, I'm sure, you know, Wayman Tisdale used to play the saxophone. He was awesome. Uh, Victor Oladipo can sing his ass off. And I think he plays the piano. Like, it'd be really cool to see that put on a little concert or have a listening party where an exclusive group of fans get to go and and chill and give you feedback on your on your album um okay this is this one's the good one instead of the freaking basketball game on sunday what we have is an all-star dodgeball game it's dodgeball it is the all-star I, I, I think that's why i was in my brain okay i would love to see these guys played out it would be fun they would laugh the, the money goes to charity goes to whatever yeah. the hell it is also it, when speaking about i'm going back to the fashion show you know russ has his own brand norman powell has his own brand all these guys have their little fashion brands that they're that they're that they're working on and whatnot incorporate that incorporate the i promise school in some way russell westbrook's school in some way where they can receive money and get money and whatnot but a dodgeball game I'd love yeah. to see it. It's fast. They would participate. Nobody gets hurt. And again, can you imagine Kawhi Leonard playing with a freaking dodgeball? He's palming it like a golf ball. You know what I'm saying? Okay. This, this, and how great I, would I it I, be? I, I remember the dodgeball idea coming to me during, I think it was during Saturday when we were all hanging together. And the dodgeball one makes a lot of sense. Like if you just, if you just scrapped the all-star game and put a dodgeball 12 on 12, East versus West dodgeball game on that would have more value to me than what took place this last all-star game. I agree. 
And it would be great to see how many people gang up on Rudy Gobert and aim for his dome. You know, it'd be great to see Rudy Gobert catch a dodgeball right off the freaking face. And going off of dodgeball, I'd rather see these guys have a freaking intense game of knockout. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Do the play, play the games that we grew up horse, get prize picks involved. You know, what are the props on what are the prop bets on a horse game or a, tr or a trick shot? tournament right with these guys i'd like to see that i think that would i think that would bring more value it'd be great to watch anthony edwards play knockout for 50k or, or 100k because also when they asked players or when any of these podcasters were asked like what, what are they going to do to change the game well they probably need to incentivize it why why do we need to incentivize even more they paid. need more money they're already getting a hundred grand. It, the winners get a hundred grand. The losers get twenty five k. Um, and I, I truthfully think Anthony Edwards needs to give his money back. Whatever 100%. that should be donated. Whatever money Anthony earned. I'm glad he got disqualified. NBA, he should. that should be donated to something. Then on another stage, okay, we're gonna incorporate hot ones. Get freaking get the hot ones guy there Sean again. Evans. Imagine Kawhi Leonard, huh? Sean Evans, yeah. Yeah, get him there. Let's you know for for an hour and a half tonight. We're gonna the Kawhi's gonna be there. They're gonna have LeBron doing it. Like it would be really funny asking great questions. I love it. Incorporate these guys. Steph Curry's um, already done this hot ones. Steph Steph Curry's already been on hot ones. That Sean Evans has a relationship mm -hmm. with a couple of these NBA guys. That would be a lot of fun. I would love to see Kawhi Kawhi Leonard. Perfect example of somebody I'd love to see <laughs> eat super spicy wings. I wonder if he would react or if he's actually just the Terminator. And going back to like the skills challenge and shit, it would be awesome to have, you know, since everybody talks, it would be, I'd rather see Stephen A and Skip and all the guys that me, you, all the guys that talk basketball. Can these, can, can they, can they even play? Cause that's what, that's what people always talk about. You ever played a minute? Can you hit a freaking three pointer? You well, know what Stephen I'm saying? A rolled his ankle, right? Like uh, the opportune rolling of the ankle for Stephen A to have an excuse not to play. Oh, dude, that was that was bad too, and pretty funny. Pretty, you don't play on a basketball court in dress shoes, bro. It just does not work like that. Why are you even doing that? Um, some of these, I I just got crazy. You know, they were bringing up. Uh, again, I want everybody to just just imagine like different spots in the arena or the convention center where different things are going on at all times, and like, you know. I, I thought about Sergi Baca and his cooking show. Like he can cook, right? And he cooks some crazy shit. Lou Williams said on Podcast P's uh, podcast that like during the bubble, Kawhi Leonard was the chef of the bubble. Like all he was doing was cooking up uh, Mexican Love food. It. And how dope would it be to have like a, a Kawhi cook-off, right? And then they, they get a top chef of the NBA type shit, right? Aisha like Curry. Have Kawhi Aisha Curry Aisha. owns multiple restaurants. She did, a, she did a cooking show. Aisha Curry can do that. Put put the, I would love to go have a Kawhi carne asada burrito or something like that, bro. If he could throw down, how cool would that be? And Sergi Baca asada Kawarne asada burrito. Put that <laughs> put that in the bank, Drew. Put that one in the bank. Also, haven't even talked about the ladies too much. It'd be really cool to have a spot where you got three WNBA players that choose to do it that that are will play every dude that wants to come. You got three, and you think you can beat the girls? Like some of our friends say. You know what I'm saying? Some of our friends say that stuff. You got three dudes that want to hoop. Come, come play, come play Asia. Check ball, right? Yeah. It's, check ball. It's Kelsey Plum. Check. It's, it's <laughs> check it's, the rock, dude. Yeah, serious. No, that, that would be good too. That would be good. I'm just saying. Okay, these are fun little things. And again, it's a good everybody idea. has to understand. 
all of these are producing content. It'll be content flooded, like from everybody, from podcasters, from influencers, from the players, from marketing teams, from the brands, like all this shit. All it is is just going to be flooded. Uh, I wrote down a going <laughs> going off of like the Top Chef NBA. What's what's one myth that we've we've heard about that we we've never seen is a. Uh, I wrote down, can Steven Adams really eat this much? Let's put Steven Adams down. Eating contest. And, and let, eating freaking contest. They say you can throw down nine plates, like nine course meals. Let's see if you could do that. How Bro. cool would that be? <laughs> okay. Love I, it. I'm really starting to see the, the, the whole picture is coming together for me now as you're, as you're just rattling these things off. And yes, I want to participate virtually i want to have the hub at my house with the tv or, or on my on my phone or whatever and i can watch the stephen adams eating contest and, and then you know japan take on mexico in three on three and the you know all whatever the the, the free throw contest with steph going up against rick barry and mark price uh the curry family can be busy in my head at least in this event but kawaii so kawaii in mine Kawhi eating spicy wings like this is good I, I i'm i'm all for this and i do think the dodgeball holds merit also i i it really does. i think this is the culmination of the event is that like that can be the main televised draw is this ultimate dodgeball game at the end bring out ben still yeah bring i out think fucking what's what's our guy what's what's vince vaughn doing like bring those guys out have them draft play have them draft the teams be the coaches and we'll have a full-on dodgeball game Get Jason Bateman. I, I in think there. It would, it'd be the way to finish to finish the weekend. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, they can take out their frustration also, against each other too, a little bit with that. Also, yes. right? There's a little yes. bit of beef. A little bit of beef. You, right. you can throw that ball a little bit harder at somebody. You know, no consequences. Booker, B Booker, and Gobert just getting smashed. Right? Why are you guys ganging up on me? <laughs> like, just everybody's getting smashed. Trey Young um, doesn't last longer than 30 seconds. <laughs> All the balls go right at Trey. Like they just all pick on Trey. That would be so bad. <laughs> um, I got a few more of these. Now, you know, the NBA Hall of Fame can come and have it, a pop-up there. You know what I'm saying? It's Black History Month in February when we're doing this thing. There's so much value in that to be teaching people about the history of and where and, and of basketball and black history and all of that encompassing, right, within basketball. Um, the panels that can be going on at all times. This is what happens at conventions. You're like, oh shit, the Fab Five is on the panel, the the Amazon Prime panel at at three. Like, I want to go to that. You know what I'm saying? I want to see the Fab Five, or I want to see uh, Stephen A. on a panel, or I want to see uh, LeBron and whoever else on a panel talking about things where people like us can interview. So, you know what I mean? Having an opportunity to like, I just see this thing of like. Players walking around, checking out different stuff. We're introducing ourselves. You know, Norman Powell pulls up and they're like, oh, shit, you guys are Clips and Drew. I got 10 minutes. Hop on. Let's do a show real fast. Here's content that we're going to push push out here. A lot of different things that we can do. And again, Apple, Netflix, Prime, you all could be getting content in their own different ways. All these people that are trying to get a piece of this NBA money, this is part of it. Um what happened uh, this weekend, they did a Slam Film Festival, which I love. My people over at at Slam, my boy Schneezy, 
It was awesome. They did hoop dreams. Uh, they had Arthur Agee and William Gates there. The freaking uh, basketball, uh, a slam movie festival. Awesome. The kids can go and see this stuff. They can, you know, you can have Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes there doing wet, White Men Can't Jump talking about how freaking cool it was to do this movie and how, it, how uh, influential it was. You know what I'm saying? Like, that would be awesome. Um, my last but not least, get Michael Jordan fucking involved. Michael Jordan needs to be a part of this. I'm tired of Michael playing the background all the time. You know what I'm saying? I need we need Michael Jordan to be a part of it. You think these guys, if it instead of Andre Iguodala, if it was Kobe and Mike going to both of these these locker rooms saying, Hey guys, it's a big freaking game. Go out there, compete. Make us proud. Make the fans fucking happy. Do you think they would have done what they did? I don't think so. So, and it's sad, man. It's really sad what we've come yeah. to with this. But in, but I think it's time for a complete rebrand. And when you brainstorm with people like we just did, when you get in a room with like-minded people, first of all, they should have some fans that know what they're talking about. Be part of the spitball. You know what I'm saying? Be part of it. I just gave a shit ton of, of of things that I would be interested in seeing. Now make it come to make it come to life. What are your mm. thoughts, Drew? Well, I I do think the NBA is not going to abandon the All Star weekend with the game. I don't think they're at that stage yet. They're not at the NFL, no longer having the game. Right? The NFL now has, as you've already mentioned, they just do flag football. That's all they do. And do you watch it, bro? No. Absolutely not. No, I haven't, watched, I haven't watched the Pro Bowl in many, many years. Um, it's bad, and it's and it's you know I always used to have this thing in my head. It was like, oh, the All Star NBA All Star game is pretty bad, but it's not as bad as the Pro Bowl. But now we've gotten to Pro Bowl stage, right? Now it's it's essentially where the Pro Bowl was when they decided to shut it down, where guys were just not interested in in it. You know, they would accept the award. The accolade is nice, which again, all these guys deserve the accolade. They deserve the moniker of all-star they've all had all-star worthy seasons so that's important uh but guys would accept the award in, in the pros and then not even go right like they would just go cool i'll take the all pro award but i'm not gonna go and then the ones that would play would, wouldn't play hard because they can't get injured right and it's obvious one game of football you know probably will <laughs> end up with a few more casualties than one game of basketball so it makes more sense for mm -hmm. them to be like i think we're good right <laughs> like i don't need to be tearing acl's in a Pro Bowl game, which essentially is the problem, I think, when we get down to the root of the issue with the All-Star game for the NBA. It comes down to what do they have to gain, especially if they injure themselves, right? That's that's essentially where, where we're at with the game. And look, I know nostalgia. We all remember the, 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 the glory days of the All-Star game when it mattered. But really, it's been a 20-year track, Clips, maybe even 25-year track of this progression towards where we are now. You know, initially it was like, all right, you know, the first half would be a little who gives a shit. But then the second half they would, you know, they'd play. Right. And then it was like, oh, the first three quarters, you know, they're probably not going to play. But in the fourth quarter, they're going to play. And in the last 10 years, it's really gotten to like, oh, the last five minutes, last two minutes, you know, maybe they'll start to play. <laughs> if it's if it's close, maybe the last five minutes or two minutes will get interesting. And now it's to the point where there's just no basketball being played. So. Uh, I think the NBA is going to stick with this. I think they're going to try and fight this fight. You know, Adam Silver, uh, we saw, and, and rightly so, and I'm glad he decided to do it, he he voiced his disapproval uh, when he handed the trophy out. Everyone's understood and made made sense of that. 
but it's important to note because he was not happy, right? And and as you said too, there was a lot of buy-in from the executive level, from Adam Silver's level, and you know the NBA front office that this game was going to be more competitive. They they had conversations, Larry Bird, Reggie Miller. They had people go up to them the day of, but leading up to as well, trying to make sure that these guys played and that the fans got their money's worth and that the viewers got what they wanted out of this. And it didn't happen. So the slap in the face, which is kind of how you started, is how I'll finish because this will result in changes in some form or fashion. I don't think they're going to abandon the All-Star game, but I do think your your idea should happen regardless. Like whether it's even in within the all-star game atmosphere or it's separate. Maybe it's a separate thing. I just think the event that you just outlined would be incredibly fun, regardless of time frame or where it stands in the NBA calendar. I love your idea, and I think that should be something that we do too. I there is some value in like I understand where the players are coming from. They get they get to All Star Weekend on Wednesday, and they're doing you know their signings and they're doing their brand uh their brand oh, obligations. They're LeBron doing their flew in and out fan- on Sunday. LeBron LeBron was was a six hour trip to Indianapolis. He didn't set foot in right. that state for longer than eight hours. I don't think. But most of though most of the guys most of the guys have a three to four day commitment. Yeah. Yeah, they're there till Sunday, and by the time they're there for Sunday, they're tired and they don't want to play in a game. I get it. So if you do this convention thing, the way I'm saying, it's a two-day commitment. Three might be a stretch, but a two-day. Then the players are done. They got four days off. You know what I mean? They can go to their – they can hit their Cabo trip. They can be with the fam. They can – and they deserve a break. It's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the mid-season break. I get it. But, you know, at, at the, la- the last thing is Frank Michael Smith, my homie, um, has been saying this for a while now, and it's it's something that would be great is the NBA ones tournament. You know what I mean? A one on one. Jalen Williams. Mm-hmm. We even talked about it. Uh, you know, whoever said you know games are more competitive at UCLA during the summer, and it's true. It's very true. But a ones tournament, and I think it was Gilbert. Gilbert's like you're telling me that if there's a one on one tournament. And uh, and it's 50k to get in to win a million, right? Just say it's 50k to to win a million, or make it three million. You don't think Cam Thomas will put up 50k and try his best to kick everybody's ass? You know what I'm saying? Like that when you put your own bread up, that's interesting, you know. Or you make it the three dribble ones. You make it, you know, only jumpers or something like that. I don't know, but that would be awesome. I would definitely watch that. You know, but I don't think the I think the NBA players are too prideful. That's why some of these guys aren't doing uh, the dunk contests or aren't doing, uh, you know, any of the extracurricular yeah. stuff. But what well, do you no, think I'm about one? I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's essentially the other part of this, right? The injuries is one thing, and that's an obvious thing that overhangs this game in particular, the NBA All-Star game. But the second part is what everyone is is obviously aware of, the risk of of getting crossed over or the risk of getting dunked on. You know, that is something that no none of these guys have the balls to actually put, you know, an effort in front of to get crossed up. Except for, you know, at least Trey Young did the one thing that we expect in an all-star nutmeg. game where he nutmegged KD. And that was it. I thought I was like, oh, cool, maybe KD will do something back. But it didn't nothing ever happened. So I think that's the that's the that's the place where we have to fix. That's the spot that's fixable. You can't fix the injury overhang, like that's gonna be always a problem. But you can fix like the mentality around 
like the pride that you have in yourself to go and be uh be vulnerable right <laughs> like go try and play defense for our entertainment for for the fans entertainment for the benefit of the sport of basketball and just to go back to one of our podcasts a couple a couple podcasts ago why does everybody hate trey young that is why trey you're not making kd in a blowout game that's why players don't like but you. that that immediately gave me like that gave trey so many more points in my book as a person I know. me too personally. Like, you know, and I think, yeah, I think a lot of people will be like, fucking thank you, Trey. At least at least you did something, right? And Kevin Durant might have been the only defensive stance that he took the entire night, right? Was that particular stance. And then Trey decided to, oh, boom, right between the legs. So then that, like, again, that goes back into, like, well, why would Kevin Durant take a defensive stance again after that? Because then someone else can throw the ball between his legs. It just sucks. It just sucks. And I think that's the thing that we all, like, that's the, the resounding result of this weekend is everyone top to bottom did not enjoy what we witnessed and i mean maybe other than the guys that participated because you know there was a there was a Giannis's interview at the end when he accepted the award he couldn't even wipe the smile off his face when he said i think we played hard and he smiled through that because right. he knows he was lying through his teeth so i think everyone's aware of that and uh, that brings us to this point where we rattled off an hour's worth of ideas yeah, and I think at the at the end of the day, Adam Silver is very aware of what people are saying. <laughs> he's pissed, bro. There is no, he's fucking pissed. He's definitely but but the whole point of this is like, okay, sometimes you get to the to the breaking point where it's like, all right, it is time for a change. And Adam Silver is very proactive about changing a lot of things. And if you do a poll and you see that that 96% of NBA fans are not don't enjoy the All-Star game and they see that the viewership has gone down significantly, man, that there needs to something needs to change. A drastic thing needs mm -hmm. to change. If it's dodgeball, if it's a convention, if it's defensive All-Stars and whatnot, something needs to change and I think I think he's going to be proactive about it. And 100%. again, if his baby's if if his baby's going to be the in season tournament, figure out a way to incorporate both of these things. Um, let us know what you think about our takes on this, uh, and if you have any better takes or if you think some of them were bullshit, let us know. Drew, take us through. Uh, we got to do a rundown right now. We got we we got the second half of the season coming. I got the Clippers playing OKC in our first game back. Basketball's back, thank God. But we got 15 minutes before my team plays OKC in a huge game. Take me on a trip, Drew. Yeah, I think it makes sense for us to take a look at where teams are as we head back into, into action tonight. Uh, we're going to start in the Eastern Conference. And I'm just going to say one thing about the Celtics as they sit in the number one seed. They're 43-12, and 12, uh, the best record in the NBA. Uh, they essentially have a free pass to the conference finals this year, in my opinion. They are head and shoulders above everyone else in the league. Uh, I don't care how excited you are about the Knicks. Those guys are all injured right now. Julius Randle may not come back anytime soon from what reports are right now. Uh, OG had an elbow thing that he's going through. Like, they're just banged up. And so as good as the Knicks could be, the Celtics are going to own this number one seed, barring injury. And, and if they don't own a number one seed, and really, honestly, if they don't make a finals run this year, it's got to be seen as a failure. Um, going back to our conversation with, you know, my my future brother-in-law, Boston Ben, it's gotten even better for them since that episode in which he was so confident. Uh, his confidence should be soaring right now. The Philly and the Knicks are just banged up. Cleveland, 
is the number two seed. They are the hottest team in the NBA. They only have three losses in this calendar year this year, Clips, which is incredible. They've only lost three games. Uh, and that's, I mean, it's better than the Clippers record, uh, which is hard to believe because the Clippers have been on fire. So Cleveland, without, you know, a couple stars during that stretch, now is fully healthy and in the number two seed. I think they have a real opportunity to run away with the number two seed. So in my opinion, I think one and two will look like it does right now when we're in the playoffs uh, with one being Boston and two being Cleveland. And if Cleveland actually has an opportunity to do anything this year as far as making it to the Eastern Conference Finals, or, you know, there is a snowball's chance in hell that they can make it to the finals, it has to start with them getting the number two seed so they can avoid playing the Boston Celtics until the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, But Donovan Mitchell playing out of his mind. Jared Allen playing super well. Garland and Mobley are back as well. Uh, the whole team is just firing on all cylinders, and they are a very, very important team. And a reason that I'm, I'm mentioning this is because they're the team that I'm going to be watching the most in the Eastern Conference now. With this opportunity in front of them, can they stay healthy? Can they really pull it together? Can they make it a strong push down the stretch and, and have a convincing lead and a significant spot in the number two seed and not get caught by Milwaukee in the three seed right now? Uh, Doc Rivers should never have been the head coach of that all-star game. Just ridiculous that that happened that way. That should never have been an option. It should have made Missoula do it, or they should have gone to Bickerstaff. They should have done something other than have Doc Rivers in that all-star game coaching. It's not his fault, though. Those are the rules he gave up. He gave his Not blaming Doc. I get it. Not blaming right. Doc at all. I think he did a gracious job of, of just, you know, being like, okay, I guess this is what I'm going to do. Uh, but, you know, what? But the point is, is, again, it's a bigger picture thing. Like that just, that's Adam Silver going, nope, you've coached like seven games. We're not going to let you be the all-star game coach. We're going to go to Bickerstaff. Um, but Milwaukee sits in the three seed. They are two and a half games back behind Cleveland. So still very much within reach of Cleveland in the, in the two seed. Uh, and, you know, they've had some bumps in the road, obviously, with Doc's, you know, uh, joining the team. Since he's joined the team, they have a losing record. But a lot of signs are pointing to the defense is getting better and the offense is still staying as relatively as good as it was um, before Doc took over. So there's there's signs of life in Milwaukee. And again, they're healthy right now, at least for the moment, more healthy than the Knicks, who sit in the four seed, uh, who are one and a half games behind Milwaukee and Philly, who are. Uh, in the five seed who are a half game behind the Knicks. Those two teams at this point, it's going to be a race to like figure out how they can salvage wins while these guys are out for them. Joel Embiid obviously out for the Sixers, uh, but they also have uh, other injuries. I think Tobias Harris is dealing with stuff. They've had uh, a lot of guys have been banged up for the Sixers. So right now it's like panic mode for the Sixers. How can we salvage wins? Uh, and can we hold on to a, a regular, you know, play playoff spot without having to get into play in seed before Joel returns to the team? I think they're going to struggle to do that, uh, but at least they have, you know, Buddy Heald and Maxi who can light it up and and try and score them into some wins as opposed to maybe just uh, trying to rely on some sort of defensive pressure that they don't have a lot of at the moment. But uh, anyway, four and five are the Knicks in Philly, six seed Indiana. They are two games behind Philly in the sixth seed. I expect that to rise. Uh, We know a lot about Indiana at this point. They've retooled their team a little bit. Siakam has done very well, kind of been exactly what he's been for Toronto. Didn't really miss a beat going to Atlanta, excuse me, going to Indiana. I think they can advance, right? I think they're going to leapfrog the Knicks and the Sixers. Uh, So I would look for them to jump to, to leapfrog those two guys in the interim. And then the big one, 
And where I'll kind of stop is the seven and eight seed in the East. Miami currently in the seven seed, a half game behind the Pacers. That team, even though Terry Rozier almost you know broke his whole leg in half, uh, yeah. somehow avoided massive injury. Shout out to Terry Rozier. Congratulations on avoiding massive injury. And also kind of a rocky start for Rozier. So maybe he can ramp up and you know, spend some more time in the film room and kind of conceptualize what the heat does. That's, that's different than what he's been a part of and then rejoin them at full health. But they did add DeLon Wright in, in like the waivers. I think it was waivers or buyout market. Uh, so they, they replaced uh, Terry Rozier in the meantime with DeLon Wright, which is a solid pickup, but this is the time for the Miami heat. This is when I see them make their push. This is when I think they'll, again, they'll, they'll also leapfrog the Knicks and the Sixers and they'll get into that top six and they will avoid the plan. That's my, my thought there. And the last one is Orlando, the eight seed. Uh, the rest of the teams below that aren't really worth mentioning. You have Chicago and Atlanta in the nine and 10. Both of those teams probably should finish somewhere around there. I wouldn't be shocked if Atlanta finishes higher, but we've seen the inconsistency out of that team and, and there's not a lot of promise for them at the moment. So Orlando though, is the last team that I think could possibly leapfrog Philly. I think the Knicks will probably settle somewhere around the six or seven seed. It really depends on how fast they get everyone back. And if they get everyone back fast, they they well, they won't settle there. They'll they'll be higher than that. Uh, but Orlando, I think, could leapfrog Philly as well if they all remain healthy. And it seems like they might have a little stretch here where they're all healthy. Uh, and Orlando right now in the eight seed, they are tied with the same exact record as the Miami Heat in the seven. So those that's essentially how it runs in the East. Any thoughts on that clips? Uh, I like your take on Orlando. I want to see them finish strong. I want to see them in a playoff push for sure. Cleveland, who has been the hottest team, uh, has everybody healthy. I want it. I want to see them do another two weeks of this, right? Like we, we're starting the second half right now. I want to see two more weeks of them dominating like they've been doing. And then I'll, I'll, I'll see if they're for real or not. But it's been, uh, it's been a pretty I, long you know, stretch of, of success for them. And I, I'm very impressed with how they've done. So I totally agree with you. And, I, you know, Embiid going down is a huge detriment to to Philly. And we don't know. I mean, if he comes back at six weeks, which that never happens, it's most likely going to be eight weeks. That means he's going to be barely. I think they'll give him like four, four games before playoffs start. And then we're just in the same Joel Embiid playoff situation that we are every year where he's hurt. Just that yeah. it, it is where it is. So. You know, I'm more obviously I'm more uh, excited about the Western Conference, which is going to be a a, a a fight to the finish for everybody, yeah. man. I'm waiting for Phoenix to have a push, see if OKC can still hold on. Like tonight's game, we play again in 10 minutes. Uh, OKC and the Clippers, it'd be a huge win for the Clippers. This is the first time is since 2013 the Clippers have been in a top five position coming out of the all-star break. It's been a long time since we've done that. It'd be great to start this second half of the season with a dub tonight because OKC, like the Pelicans, have our number. Uh, we're playing in OKC, and I mentioned to you before we started the show, we looked a little like just a little lazy in practice, <laughs> a little too many smiles for me, but you know, I always take shit uh, a little, you know, it, it should be a good thing that the guys are lazy and happy to be back playing basketball. But uh, I, I, I'm really curious to see if OKC can finish, finish really strong in this second half. Well, you teed me up very nicely. Uh, the Western Conference features Minnesota in the number one seed right now. They are one and a half games up on OKC and two games up on the Clippers. Uh, so one, two and three are all very tight. Denver in the four seed 
only a game back from the Clippers, only three games out from the one seed. So that's the barn burner to the end, right? Those four seeds, uh, Timberwolves, Thunder, Clippers, Nuggets, all will be racing for that number one seed all the way to the end. And it seems like, Clips, the analytics like Minnesota and OKC to finish one and two at this point. It says that strength of schedule and you know things like that come into play. Uh, most likely, if the statistics are to be believed, we may end up with a Minnesota OKC 1-2 seed, which is just incredible mm. and something no one would have ever predicted. It's something that's been very consistent throughout the entire season this season, but it is still ridiculous and so shocking that these two teams are up there. But the Clippers cannot be forgotten. They are the second hottest team in the NBA, as outlined You know, just behind Cleveland. You guys only have five losses in the calendar year this year, so you know, you're right there uh, as far as performance yeah. goes. Uh, and you're only two games back. You could be after tonight, uh, you know, leapfrogging uh, the Thunder into the into the two seed, and that's essentially how these next you know couple months are going to go. It's like, oh shit, uh, it's Minnesota in the one, and Clippers are two, Denver's three, OKC's four, and then all of a sudden, oh, OKC's one, and you know everything will be shaking up based on week per week, game per game performances. So that's going to be really exciting. Um, I still think Minnesota probably will finish in the one seed, though. Clips. I mean, I think the Clippers are better. But um, I, I just have a feeling that that, you know, the gap is only two games. But when it comes down to it, I, I just think the Clippers are going to be very cautious in April with Kawhi and Paul George, as they should be. And they may drop some games because of that. That's kind of my intuition. Um, and that may I hope Minnesota I, I hope Minnesota has the one seed and I hope they get blown out in the first round by the eight. I don't I'm not buying Minnesota. Like I'm over I'm over Minnesota. Have the Lakers beat beat Minnesota. I'm <laughs> over you, Minnesota. I want I want to see nothing but failure from you yeah. guys. Yeah, uh, I do think this is uh, something to note. Here is within this race, I think will be determined the MVP. Uh, you have uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander for the Thunder. You have Nikola Jokic for the Nuggets, and Kawhi Leonard, not to be forgotten, for the Clippers. Those no. three guys, I think, will be. Essentially, one, two, and three when it comes down to the MVP list. Maybe Jason Tatum will get in there, but I think Tatum always gets less credit for his efforts because the team is so good. Uh, so not to say that I wouldn't think Tatum is worthy of MVP, and if his team has the best record, why shouldn't he? You know, best player on mm -hmm. the best team, like why shouldn't he win MVP? But I think outside of you know maybe Tatum, uh, it's going to be those three guys that that really are competing for the MVP and, and maybe who wins out might be the one who gets it in the Western conference. Uh, we know those four are going to be bunching up uh, and all four will probably be in one, two, three, or four. I don't see any of those four falling out of the top four. So now we're battling for the next two spots between Phoenix suns who right now are in the five seed uh, three games behind Denver, uh, six games behind the, the one seed and the Pelicans are both tied right now, both teams playing quite good. And, uh, that will be an interesting race to see who finishes, you know, five, six between them. Uh, and I think that's probably where they're finished. Maybe the Pelicans would drop a couple games, but I, I definitely see the Suns getting better as the stretch goes on. As we make that, that playoff push, I think the Suns will come on strong and, and will probably fight to try and get in that top four. Again, I just don't, I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. Uh, the Pelicans, uh, not surprising. We know how good they are. It now it's about, you know, consistency. Zion, can you stay healthy? Can they all stay healthy? Because uh, they've been banged up and they've had a lot of injuries over the last couple seasons with their wings, especially. Uh, but can CJ, you know, avoid a crazy ankle roll, knee problem, lung collapse, uh, disjointed finger? Like he's had so many random injuries that have happened to CJ. So can he get lucky 
and continue to lead the team the way he has done thus far. Ingram and Zion obviously will be huge proponents of that along with the rest of the squad. But I like, I really kind of like the top six as they're listed right now, Clips, to finish. Any thoughts about the top six before we we end with just like that bottom uh, last couple teams in the West? Well, I think that, I think you're absolutely correct with, I think Phoenix is going to make a push. I'm not sold on New Orleans anymore right mm. now. I, I, I'm kind of off of New Orleans even though they beat again, these are the guys that kick the shit out of the Clippers. So uh, who knows what, what can happen with them? I just see Phoenix making a push and look at the end of the day. I don't care about the one seed uh, or anything like that. I want us to finish the season playing the way that we've been. I'm speaking from the Clippers standpoint and just staying healthy. I think we, we could definitely keep that four seed. Uh, I think it's going to teeter totter. I think there's going to be, uh, you know, you saw between one and four, it's like, it's a three game switch. Right. And then, uh, you know, if the Clippers beat OKC tonight, we're going to be in the two seed. And then if we drop to it, it's just going to be crazy. I think there's going to be a lot of fluctuation within that one to four. We're all waiting for Denver to kind of like not necessarily figure it out, but like, OK, let's be the champions. Right. Let's show snap these guys what we're, what we're supposed to snap out of it. And like, let's let's you know, everybody still says that Jokic is the best player in the world, which he arguably is. And let, let's see you. uh you know, finish down the home stretch, but yeah. uh, OKC scares me. They, they scare me. Minnesota does scare me in a playoff series, but yeah, I just want to be healthy, man. And the other thing I want to say really quick, I hope we don't, I hope, uh, the clips and drew curse, the jinx of Norman Powell, <clears throat> excuse me, of Norman Powell. We gave him a great nickname last week. Everybody seemed to really love it. I'm, I'm hoping that Norm stays being the air fryer coming off the bench and, and helping us win dubs, dude. Yeah, one quick note on the Thunder. I forgot to bring it up in my rundown, but they did pick up a big clips. We asked them to do that. We've been hoping for that. They picked up Bismack Biombo. Not the, not not the most glamorous signing, but probably better than Robin Lopez and maybe better than any other available big. So, they actually did solidify their backcourt or their front court there. And that's, you know, weirdly enough, that's a, that's about as big of a pickup as you're going to see given what we got out of the trade deadline. For the rest of this year, that could be equally as as important as any of the other moves that we saw them, uh, not them, but we saw happen on trade deadline is is OKC getting Bismack Biombo just just to have another big body down there in case Chet you know gets in foul trouble or is getting bodied out of the paint like he might in some right. of these series. Uh, so huge pickup there. Uh, I I do think the the Pelicans as they sit in the six might be safe in the six again you know who knows there's some shit could happen and could go sideways for them but as we look in through the seven through ten is where we'll finish dallas sits in the seven seed uh they're a game behind the pelicans sacramento in the eight seed game and a half behind the pelicans lakers and golden state in the nine and ten i don't think any four of those teams is going to leapfrog into that six you, you could make a case for maybe dallas you know, with their Dallas. additions and they're, and they're starting to pull it together, if they, if everyone's playing better and Kyrie can show up to more games, I know he's been, you know, absent from injury a couple times this year. Uh, maybe Dallas can leapfrog him. I don't have the faith in Dallas to do it, though. I, I think my faith would be with the Pelicans uh, as we make the run. I, again, assuming both teams can stay healthy, I would just I think I would lean on the Pelicans a little bit there. Uh, the Kings. They could potentially jump into that six seed. They're they're okay. We know what they are at this point. They're not shocking anyone anymore. It's a little bit of the sophomore slump, if you will, considering this team in their sophomore year. Uh, people are not as surprised about what they're running offensively. They know how to exploit the defensive problems with with Demontis as Sabonis as this as the main rim protector. 
so they're still a fun team. They're still very dangerous, the Kings are, but I don't necessarily see them bump, bumping up into the sixth seed. And then we have my Lakers and Golden State Warriors in the 9 and 10. Uh, I do see potentially one of those teams making a, making a jump up, but not to the sixth seed. Again, not, not that far up. We're three and a half game. The Lakers are three and a half games behind the sixth seed. Golden State, five games behind the sixth seed. So while both of those teams may make a surge, what that does mean is, you know, teams have to drop down in order for that to happen. But I don't see the Lakers really getting into the six or the, or the Golden State Warriors getting into the sixth seed. Uh, and for those teams, it's going to be about trying to consolidate and and figure out what's working the best and sticking with it. And right, and you know, there isn't a whole lot of flexibility right now for either of those organizations. They don't have a lot of uh, crazy options or crazy depth to their teams. They need to figure out the lineup, the eight man rotation, nine man rotation, solidify that shit, get those guys their minutes, and get into rotations and 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 come out with 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 wins and in, in huge games. Tonight, it being one of those, the Lakers play the Golden State Warriors here in a couple hours. Um, so anyway, I still think with those 10 teams that we just listed, uh, all 10 will make the plan. I don't see Utah, Houston, Memphis, Portland, or San Antonio cracking into the plan. I think this, we have our 10 in the West. It'll be just really interesting to see who gets jostled in and out of the sixth seed and who potentially has to go up against each other in the plan. It very well could be clips that we end up with the Lakers golden state play in game for the very first game of the plan, which would be pretty historic. And and I'm here for it. I would, I would, be, I would love to watch that game. Yeah. I think a five game spread to get to the six, <clears throat> to get to the six seed is going to be difficult, right? So that's not going to happen. Warriors, I think you're yeah. totally right with, I think you're totally right with uh, a plan for golden state and the Lakers. I think Adam silver would love it. NBA fans would love it. That would be cool. I'm curious to see how this clay moving to the bench, like full-time thing works out for the golden state for the warriors right now. We've yep. talked so much about the warriors this season. I want to see a few weeks of uh, like you said, Dallas with Gafford and PJ Washington and seeing how that chemistry mm-hmm. works out. But I, you know, I think at the end of the day, I think, I, you know, Lakers, Lakers have an opportunity, man. If they can get yep. the things together, write the ship, figure it out. This is the well, team moving forward for the rest of the year. See what's up with Spencer and how he's going to fit. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with you on that. I think the most interesting part about where the Lakers are right now is that we love, we love the one and two seed for us. We love an opportunity to be the eight seed in Minnesota, or to be the seven mm-hmm. seed going against going up against OKC. So I think a lot of the interesting pieces about what the Lakers are going to be featuring, like how they finish, right is going to be who is in that one and two seats, right? Like while we might risk the play-in option, we don't want to see Denver in the first round. We don't want to be the sixth mm-hmm. seed to Denver's three. That sounds terrible. We would rather not be a four or five seed matchup with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, we would much rather be the, the team that has to go and play the young, unproven one seed, Timberwolves or Oklahoma City two seed. So I do think while the Lakers are going to start, you know, hopefully winning games to making sure that we're not, you know, being pushed all the way out of the, the play-in scenario, uh, I do think we might be quite happy to finish, you know, seven, eight, nine. I do. I think that's going to be one of those weird things unless the Nuggets and the Clippers end up occupying that one and two. If it becomes a situation where, where T-Wolves and Thunder start to falter, and they drop down the seeds, and we're looking at a Clippers or 
uh, Nuggets one and two seed, then that's again, that's the nightmare that we don't want to enter into as a Lakers organization with this team that we have. We want to be the old heads, the veterans, the champions, the winners going up against the unproven ones. So that's going to be really interesting for me to watch as a Lakers fan, how we jockey based on where the rankings are. Tip off Clippers OKC. It's happening right now, Drew. We got to dip out of here. We there's no final thoughts this week. We gave you 37 final thoughts on the All-Star the whole, game. We the whole episode was we don't essentially need a final thought. <laughs> the whole maybe we should call this the final thought. Let us know <laughs> if you like any of our ideas. If you have any ideas for All-Star, if you like what we're talking about, let us know what you think. You know we're going to be back soon. Clippers OKC, Lakers, Golden State, it's on. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. And we're ghosts. 